Hello and welcome to Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra over at D1Baseball.com. I'm your host, Joe Healy, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Mark Etheridge. We are continuing our team preview series of podcasts here on Highway to Hoover, and today we're going to talk the Missouri Tigers, a changing of the guard in Missouri, coaching change, Steve Beezer out, Carrick Jackson in, although only kind of a changing of the guard. Tim Jamison, longtime head coach, now in as the pitching coach. Carrick Jackson was an assistant under Tim Jamison. So while it is a new coaching staff, it is a familiar coaching staff uh, at Mizzou. And, and, you know, we'll get into it, but but certainly I think you can take that as as, as maybe a, a positive step for, for this program, yeah. but we will uh, jump into that here just in a second. But first, I have to let you know that this episode of Highway to Hoover and every episode of Highway to Hoover is brought to you by PitchLogic. The system used by players, coaches, scouts, and instructors at all levels of play from youth leagues to the big leagues. The easy to use and affordable technology makes the platform accessible to every player at every level. All the metrics and features used at the highest level. See pitchlogic.com for more information. All right, Mark, as I mentioned, kind of a, a changing of the guard at Mizzou after last year finishing 30 and 24 overall and 10 and 20 in the SEC. And, you know, it, it should be said that that record doesn't really necessarily reflect how the season went because right. you, you, you look at that league record and I think you kind of assume that, okay, you know, it was, you know, this, the, this, the season was a struggle from start to finish. That's not really true. I mean, they got off to a pretty, they got off to a pretty hot start. I mean, the sweep of Tennessee, I think is something that most people will remember mm-hmm. early in the season. And, but then the injury started to pile up and, and, and frankly, just like there was some regression to the mean, going on. So a couple of things kind of conspired to, to put Mizzou behind the eight ball and they just, they, they finished fairly slow. And so um, it is what it is. So, you know, Steve B's are out after, after seven seasons, I believe, and definitely some positive steps there. I mean, they, they were more competitive year to year in the sec yeah. um, under Beezer year to year than they were when they first came into the sec. So you can either look at that as Beezer took positive steps or, the program just kind of got better acclimated and got its its legs under it as an SEC program, you know. So mm-hmm. you, can, I think you can look at it either way here. If you're looking for just reasons for optimism, right up from the jump is that the fact that Tim Jamison would come back to do this. I mean, even though there was some struggle when he was the head coach at Mizzou when they first got into the SEC, no one, no one has ever, uh, you know, accused him of having lost his touch as a pitching coach. And you can look at some of the stuff he did. You know, he was a, a pitching coach at Southern Illinois uh, for for a couple of years, and then last year was at Memphis with Carrick Jackson, and especially in the development of Dalton Fowler, a pitcher from Memphis who went from basically being not a guy to being the American Athletic Conference mm-hmm. Pitcher of the Year year over year. I think you can take some some things from that if you're if you're a Mizzou fan looking for reasons for optimism. And in the big picture. Um, you know, I think that the baseball alumni felt a little disconnected from the program um, in recent years and, and getting Coach Jay, as they call him, back in the mix, I think can kind of help thaw that a little bit. And and finally, with this group, you look at the teams when when Carrick Jackson was on the staff under Tim Jamison, a lot of the players that, you know, helped Mizzou to that Big 12 auto bid in 2012 mm-hmm. and you know, kind of made an impact early on uh, in the, on those SEC teams. And then even some of the first couple of Beezer led teams for Mizzou, a lot of those players were guys who were recruited by the staff that included Carrick Jackson. 
Right. So, and, and he's one where, where he's, I mean, he won at Southern uh, Memphis was better last year. So th- there's also that kind of track record, albeit a fairly small sample size. So this is a team of mystery. There's a lot of new faces. It, it's hard to kind of figure out exactly um, what to think about the, about this roster. You know, I went to the fall world series at Mizzou and I still came away kind of not being sure of, of a lot of things. And there are some things I feel fairly confident in, but uh, Mark, I will, uh, I will toss it to you and just mm-hmm. your, your impressions about this, this new era and this first Mizzou team of the Jackson era. Yeah. I think where I'll start is, you know, if you're a Missouri fan, you need to go find Joe's story on Tim Jamison and how it came about that he came back to Missouri. Cause that obviously wasn't the, the most natural return, you know, you're the head coach and you come back as a, as the assistant, you know, the pitching coach. So I, I thought that was really interesting. It's on D1. You can go find it if you're if you're so inclined. I think the other thing is, you know, I don't know that, you know, Missouri struggled because Steve Beezer wasn't a good baseball coach. Every year we picked them last or someone picked them last if we didn't. Uh, and they never finished last or rarely did. Okay, so they found ways to overachieve every year, even though, you know, let's be honest, they don't have as many advantages as other teams that that they're competing against. So it will be interesting this year because, you know what, we're picking Missouri last and so is everyone else because the SEC is just that good. And we know, you know, next to nothing about Missouri's talent level. Um, a lot of the players have moved on. Um, some of, some of the, you know, the, there are a few that return that, that that will help guide them as they they, they try to make a, you know exceed expectations this this year. But when you have so many different players, so many new players, so many changes in your program, there's always going to be that doubt, and that's why people are going to pick them where they're you know where they are so this is an interesting year you know for Carrick for the program in general to lay your foundation to give that proof of concept that hey I know what I I have a plan here I know what I want to do I know how this is going to work and how this is going to look year after year and that's what you know that's what we want to see no one's expecting them to go to Omaha but but I do think that you know, showing some signs and being competitive and, and going into these series and not losing, you know, eight to two every day, uh, being able to go out and, 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 and be competitive, um, shows, you know, it's, it, it gives that, that sense that, okay, well, this is the, the trajectory is going in the right direction and that's going to speak to recruits. And in today's world with the transfer portal, um, you can you can flip your roster pretty quickly, and, and I think that's what people are going to want to see uh, in, in Carrick's first year. And you know, because of that, you know, and and also because of the, the and I'll let you get into this, but just what you saw this fall was it's going to be a more aggressive kind of offense, uh, an attacking style, and and because of that, you'll you'll be able to get those certain kind of players, right, who, who who maybe aren't going somewhere else because they don't have all of the different 
you know, attributes that everyone looks for, but maybe they have what Missouri's looking for. And, and then they can cultivate that in, and continue that upward trajectory. So I, I do think that there's an opportunity to do something different. And, and if you're at the bottom of the SEC in resources and facilities and all these kinds of things that up, uphill battle we always talk about with, with Mizzou, with Mizzou, if you can find an advantage or find a, a, a nuance that is different than everyone else, then then I think that's worth exploring. And, and I think that's where we are with, with Carrick. But I'd love to get your thoughts on it, Joe. No, I think that's right. And, and you mentioned that it's important that we acknowledge that Steve Beezer did not forget how to coach baseball. Yeah. The team, I mean, they had some close shaves. I think 2017 and 2019 in particular, I think. And I think I have they those were years close. right. Were, yeah. were particularly close shaves. And then they, they had a couple of years that were tough. And then last year, the injuries. And, um, but at, at the same time, like two things can be true. Like I did think his staff, especially with their assistant coaching turnover, they had a lot of assistant coaching turnover for, for the, for the reasons of like guys getting hired away. So you knew they were hiring like guys that were good at their jobs because they were getting pulled away. But, you know, so I think that staff did a good job, but at the same time, you know, you and I on the episode about Mississippi state talked about, well, Scott Foxhall is a good pitching coach, but sometimes things just get stale. You need to change. Mm -hmm. And with Mizzou, I think, it's just like, look, we, you know, seven years on the job, just, it hasn't quite taken, you know, it, it can be time to just try something else at a certain point. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you bring up the, the, the team, you know, being a, a more aggressive team offensively, I think we'll see that if there's one thing this team does have maybe at an above average sec level offensively, it's, it's foot speed. And so I think it's going to be a team that is just going to try to create some chaos and, and look, you know, if you look at the Kentucky model from last year, now Kentucky yeah. last year's Kentucky team, a, a, a much more certain team, a better team. Yeah. I think I mean, on paper, they hit a lot, right? Yeah. Right. So. Um, but I, I think there is an opportunity for Mizzou to do something fairly similar here. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll have to see, but I mean, you, you look up and down the lineup and it's, uh, it's, you know, athlete after, I mean, Trevor Austin's a decent runner. He's not, not a great runner. Same thing with Matt Garcia, but you know, Jarrett Curtis, Texas tech transfer, one of the fastest guys in the sec, you know, Caden Pierce is, is a good runner. One of the other, one of the other outfielders, um, you know, and they've got guys on their a couple of Memphis transfers that came with Carrick from Memphis, a couple of guys in the outfield who can, who can really run. They're just going to try to make things happen and they're, and they're just going to have to, like they, there's, there's, to me, there's not really an obvious middle of the order bat in the same way that we, we can't look at it last year. And it's like, well, we know Luke Mann's going to run into like 15 home runs. Right. right. And he ended up hitting way more than that. He had a great right. year. Um, there's not that same kind of guy. Like Trevor Austin is a known commodity, but he's not the same type of hitter. He's not a thumper. Right. 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 He's more of like a top of the order guy, or, you know, he could be a three hole hitter, three but he's just not going to be the same type of power guy. So, you know, that there's some, you just kind of understand what you're getting offensively. I do think, however, and some of this is the coach J effect. The arm talent is, is pretty good. Like I think in terms of the, now, is it an above average staff in terms of just raw arm talent? No, not within the sec. Right. But Logan Lunsford 
is a guy who I, I really like. I know you like yeah. him. Like he, he looked like a future Friday guy at times last year. Uh, Bryce Mayer is coming back from an injury. He was a Juco transfer coming into last season was, you know, probably going to have a prominent role last year and then got lost for the season due to, due to injury. Uh, you know, Carter Rustad was out most of last year with injury. He was a transfer from San Diego a couple of years ago, um, has really good arm strength. So there are, you know, guys with, with stuff and there's some guys with some, some results. Javen Pimentel has been on this team a couple of years and had good results. Ian Losey is, is healthy and, and, and should be, you know, back to being the guy he was, you know, two years ago. So, um, that unit, I feel like if we assume that coach Jamison being there is going to, to maybe level that group up a little bit, if, if they can stay healthier, I, I do think there's an opportunity for them to, to pitch it. Okay. Because I mean, frankly, last year they pitched it better than I thought they would when the injuries started to really pile up, honestly, like if we're being honest, like there were, there were several other teams that pitched it worse than they did after even after the injuries piled up on Mizzou. So for me, if, if, if Mizzou is going to surprise and finish not just out of the cellar of the SEC, but really put a scare into some teams, to me, it's going to be about run prevention and winning yeah. close, low-scoring games. I just think that's yeah. going to kind of have to be, have to be what it is for Mizzou to, to be more competitive. Yeah. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Yeah, and, you know, if you're a Mizzou fan, you always have to wonder what, you know, 2023 would have been if your pitchers stay healthy. Because I mean, you sweep Tennessee when you're when everybody's there, and then are most everyone's there. And one if, of the if, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say. I was one just going to the... say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with if if they keep that group together, and and guys continue to you know develop as as they did, you know, after the injuries, um, by the end of the year, that's a whole different kind of kind of club to deal with um so yeah you know and maybe we're having a whole different conversation about the mizzou program and beezer and maybe, maybe the job doesn't even open because you know that they stayed healthy i mean it's easy to say now but you know if they stay healthy i think it's a regional team um mm-hmm. but it's that, that's easy to say now of course because we have you mm-hmm. know the the counterfactual of course but one of one of the big picture things i think i'll leave the listeners with is is i'll say this you know i saw missouri in the fall and 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 more so than anything i saw on the field i think the thing that left me feeling most optimistic about mizzou in the future was that carrick talked a lot about changing the mentality of the program Mm -hmm. and and i think beezer did did a pretty good job of this at times of being like you know yes, we have things working against us, but like, we can't control that. Um, you know, let's just kind of keep grinding. I think Carrick is kind of taking that to another level now where he, you know, he, he told me and it's, it's in the, the Mizzou fall report, how he said, look, by virtue of being here, you are one of the top, you know, several hundred players in college baseball because you're playing in the sec. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to sit here and tell me, that, oh, we can't win because of talent. We can't win because of this. So that's you telling me that you don't think you're talented enough. But by you being here, like you need to believe you're talented enough because you're in this league. So, and if you can change the mindset to where these guys kind of believe that, hey, we belong here, I think that that's powerful. Now you you have to actually have the talent. 
you have to play as a team. There's a lot of boxes you have to check, but it does kind of start with like, hey, do you do you think you can play in this league or not? Right. And if you do, then great. Then let's act like it. You know. Um, and I think that mm-hmm. mentality change, I think, is a is a is a powerful thing. So you know, we'll have right. to see. That might not be a 2024 thing, you know, like that's kind of more down the road. And I think for the 2024 season, if you're a Mizzou fan, what you're really looking for is there's a lot of new faces here. There's a lot of young players on this roster. Who do we find along the way that's going to be a part of the of the first Jackson era Mizzou team to really challenge for the postseason? You know, which freshmen stand out, which young transfers, because they Mizzou's done a lot of in, in recent years, like grad transfer type guys. This group of transfers is quite a bit younger by and large. So how many of those guys who were in their first or second year or second or third years can really pop and then be guys who in 2025 and beyond end up being the key pieces. So if, if you're a Mizzou fan, like that's as much as I don't want to discount the idea that they surprise because that's within the realm of possibility. There are always teams like that that surprise. But if nothing else, this season is about identifying pieces who are going to be cornerstones moving forward. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that's a good point. I, I do think one other point that we haven't mentioned is, you know, we referred to earlier, who's going to be that thumper in the middle of the order. Um, and, and that's the obvious missing piece. What if it's Danny Corona, right? I mean, this was a guy who. That's a great call. That's a great call. 13 home runs at Wake last year. Um, granted, different ballpark, different league, all these different factors. Um, different school, <laughs> but, um, but he, he's certainly capable and, you know, guys continue to, to, to get better as they continue their career. Yeah. What if he comes through and, and is that guy in the middle of the lineup? I mean, you, you pair him with Austin and Jackson Lovich. I mean, you, you, you have some, some pieces in the middle of that lineup. And we talked about all the, the havoc that they could potentially wreck you know with, with with speed on top of the lineup and got getting guys pitches to hit um you know that that could be the, the really the the key piece that that keeps them going because you have you have a feeling they're going to be able to to piece together and and you know play small ball and do things like that but if you can get that three run homer to go with that and then you can score in multiple ways and it just changes, changes your club completely. And I, I think for me, that's one of the things I'm going to be looking for is, you know, who's going to be that, you know, that Luke Mann replacement, right? It, maybe it's more, maybe it's not one guy, maybe it's a couple, two, three guys, but, but where's that run production going to come from? Cause it's going to need it, right. To, 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 to be able to stack up in this league. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great point. It's a good call to, to mention Danny Corona because he's he's a guy that you know Carrick has made no bones about the fact that if our offense is really humming along, he's going to be right in the middle of it. And, and Jackson Lovich too. He's got some power potential. He's kind of a long, lanky guy. You know, if he can get those long levers working, he's he's got some punch. So that mm-hmm. is um, that's a good call there. And ultimately, we will see. It's I think it's going to be a a fascinating thing to, to watch unfold at, at Mizzou. I think there's going to be times when it looks rough, frankly. Mm-hmm. I also think there's going to be times where they're going to surprise a team or two because they are athletic enough to make, to ruin your day basically. Yeah. And, and so I, I do think there are going to be times where it looks pretty good and they've got the, 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 the opposition kind of on their heels because they just can't control the running game and they can't keep them from moving. And, and, you know, Mizzou's getting, getting on base at a high rate and, and it just kind of like constantly apply, applies pressure. 
So I think it's going to be a season of, of multitudes for Mizzou, but we will, of course, have to see how that plays out come opening day here shortly. Mm-hmm. That is going to do it for this edition of Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra over at d1baseball.com. Uh, if you're a Missouri fan just parachuting in for this one episode, we appreciate you listening, uh, but we would invite you to stick around and listen to the rest of the series we have previewing every all 14, every SEC club, uh, and then go back and listen to the previous eight that we recorded before we dropped this Mizzou episode. Um, but regardless, we appreciate you listening here. Uh, we appreciate Pitch Logic for sponsoring this and every episode of Highway to Hoover. And Mark, thank you for joining me as always. We'll talk to you all soon. The Highway to Hoover podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.